Hey, Tiger fans, welcome in to Play by Play, and what a weekend it was. How about it? Saturday night, Death Valley, LSU, wins over Alabama in overtime. Couldn't have been a more dramatic game, ups and downs. It was, uh, man, if you were there, if you were watching, if you were listening, you you had a blast. And we're going to recap some of that here on this week's play-by-play. Joined, as always, with the illustrious Kent Lowe. Chris, it's great to be here. It's fantastic. Fired okay. up today. Okay, it's it's Cody Warsham playing. Uh, had, him, had him there for a second. I've been working on the impression. No, it's, it's pretty good. It's not as good as Harrison's, but uh, I've been doing my best. I think if we had, if you had a hole there at the mouth, it would have come out. I think the paper actually impeded your impression. Probably it was so. Pretty good. There's probably like an audio visual element here where the. Uh, the uh, the the cutout of Kent here. If you're listening and not watching on LSU Gold, oh, you were fooled. Um, you just missed the joke because the joke was fantastic. We got the cutout. Oh, I, I think the boy, I think it fooled most people. Listening. Okay, I hope so. We'll we'll hear it back. We may have to do some audio editing at the end of Kent, this. Kent, of course, is uh, knee deep, waist deep into basketball, which uh, again starts this week. Uh, Matt McMahon, the era begins coming up on Wednesday night, but. I tell you, it's, it's going to be hard, Cody, to talk about anything but football just simply because it was a fantastic uh, Saturday night in Death Valley. Um, and coming up, we're going to have Brandon Barrio. We're going to talk about social media because it exploded over the weekend, no surprise. Uh, but just what an effort. I, I, somebody asked me how different Brian Kelly is week number nine as he was following the Florida State game. And I think they were surprised that I told him. He's not really different. He's talking about the same things. Yeah. They're doing the same things. And he's always said if they do these things every day, results will take care of themselves. And here we are. Yeah, you'll see some of that messaging this week on the episode of The Path that you'll see on LSU Gold. Um, you probably saw it a little bit on social media last week. Uh, it was the same message that it's been all year. And it's uh, not just another game. Hey, this is a big game. This is why we came here. But despite the fact that it is a big game, if we keep doing what we do and stick to our process and our plan, uh, everything's going to work out fine. Don't focus on the outcome. Focus on the process. And so that was his message all week. I think everyone around here sort of tried to emulate that, whether it was the the football coaches, the players. I know and we'll talk to Brandon about this a little bit, but just the, the social media preparation and the messaging that went into the game was very different. And I think it was right. And I think you saw that bear fruit on the field where we've seen before these LSU-Alabama games. Now, sometimes LSU looks a little bit overwhelmed by the moment or things go wrong and uh, it snowballs on them. That that was not the case on Saturday. LSU was there punch for punch. You know, it was interesting. When I got here in December of 2015, early in 2016, getting ready for the first football season, I'm talking January or February now, I can't tell you how many people said, you know, here at LSU it comes down to one game. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the first game in November. That You know, because we're going to win nine or ten games. But to get over the hump, you got to win that game in November, which, again, made sense but it's almost as if they made it too big. And then it really felt like every year going into this week, going into the bye, getting ready, things just started to tighten up. Mm-hmm. I mean, for everybody. Um, and last week, I just didn't get that sense. I think he paid homage to how important it is and the implications. But I think it was more about, hey, guys, we, we've we been doing what we've asked you to do, and here we're in a position to play for the top of the SEC West. And, oh, it happens to be Alabama. Yeah. They're an elite program with an elite coach, the best coach ever to coach the game. But we're going to go do what we do and play football. And I, I thought the team, and maybe it's because there's so many new names and faces, they, they, they didn't know what they didn't know. It, it just didn't seem like it was big old Alabama coming to town. Yeah, and you can only do that with a consistent message. And it was consistent from day one. I actually went back and watched um, the first episode of The Follow, which was sort of our 
behind-the-scenes documentary of Coach Kelly's first spring at LSU, and I went back and watched the first team speech. I wanted to sort of refresh my memory, and this was after the game. And he just talked about you know all of the the preparation and all of the steps that they would take to maximize themselves as student athletes, as football players, as scholars, to graduate champions. And that's been the message from day one: is that if you follow this plan, if you stick to our four quarters of football philosophy, if you uh, stick to hey the the mental, the physical, the tactical, um, all of the things that Coach Kelly keeps reiterating every day. Uh, everything's going to work out fine. Don't worry about the outcome. Be very, very focused on the path and the process. They've said that every day for nine months. And so 10, 11 months. So when you say that every day, you say it in January, you say it in March, you say it the first week of November, you have credibility and your players believe you. And so they say, all right, I've trusted you so far. This is where you've gotten me. Uh, if I trust you now, I know everything will take care of itself. And so I thought the team played you know, free. I thought they played physical. They played fast. Um, they, they didn't seem to be burdened by the things that have burdened past teams where there is this weight of expectation on this game, where there is this hype on the game. Um, they just seemed ready for the moment, which was great to see. Let's talk a little X's and O's. Obviously, 32-31 in overtime. The opening drive for Alabama, four weeks previous for LSU against their opponents, they'd given up first drive touchdowns. And I got to tell you, a lot of us watching the game, whether they were at Tiger Stadium or not, saw exactly what Ole Miss did early on, which was get the football and drive right down the field. And then it was a little different. I mean, Coach Kelly talked all week, and Matt House uh, intimated as much that you, you want to let Bryce Young have a little room, but you don't want to let him have all kinds of room. He's driving. Looks like he may try to get to the end zone. Pulls up at the five. They force a throw. It's off sidearm. Uh, you get the INT, and suddenly the first time in four weeks – they stop the opening drive and get the football back. So, yeah, zoom in on, on Jarg Bernard Converse on that play, right? If he is not just focused on doing his job, what probably happens is he sees Bryce Young do that little fake, and it was a fake. I think very intentionally Bryce Young said, I'm going to act like I'm running and then pull up really quickly and throw. And if he doesn't do his job, if he's watching the ball and thinking, man, I'm just going to go I'm gonna go make a play, I, I, I'm going to adapt to the moment, um, he doesn't make that interception, but he stays in coverage. He stays with his guy. He keeps doing his job, and then the moment is there, and he just takes advantage of it. So it was a great individual play, but again, one message with, the, hey, just do your job. Yeah. If you take it one play at a time, even if they march 90 yards down the field, they've got to get that last yard. Just keep doing your job. Stay with it. Um, the consistent message, the consistent execution. So I thought that that start was huge. This has been a team that started very slowly all season. They've dug themselves in holes. Uh, if you dig yourself in a hole against Alabama, you're probably going to be in trouble. And they, they were able to alleviate that with a huge turnover and a huge moment. Well, Jaden Daniels, again, has been just phenomenal over the last – really, and I, I keep saying the Tennessee game, and, and I know that wasn't the result everybody wanted. But you look at the last four ball games, probably can throw the fifth one in there. I mean, he is just the, – the growth and the progression has been mind-blowing to me. And – it's, it's the confidence, Cody, that he knows now he's got other people to rely on. And it goes back to the theme of do your job. Now he's got confidence his receivers are going to make catches if he doesn't have the perfect throw. Yeah. Uh, his offensive line, I mean, I don't know how much you can talk about the improvement and the job that Coach Davis has done with this group now three weeks with some continuity uh, as far as personnel goes. But he's got faith in the offensive line, the running back. I mean, to me, it was a game in the first half that was all about defense. 
You know, they were going to each take a couple of punches, a couple of body blows. And then you started to see these great offensive weapons, truly for both teams, start to make some plays. It came down to who's going to make one more play. Yeah. But the running backs, Josh Williams, gosh, I could go on for an hour. The offensive line, I mean, it was – it had a little – that game had a little bit of everything. Yeah. Including five, what I thought were pretty bad reviews, <laughs> but everything. And that's a great point, Chris, is the, the calls that went against LSU – you know, I was with Harrison for a lot of the game, and, and we were kind of both of us having flashbacks to previous iterations of this game. And you're like, I've seen this script play out before. And in the past, maybe it's been the the size of the moment that's overwhelmed LSU. Uh, I think back to the 2014 game where LSU kicks a field goal late to take the lead, and then they kick it out of bounds. And Alabama comes down and kicks a field goal and ties it up. Goes overtime. They win, right? 2012 game where you blitz off the edge, yelled and scores. Um, another one where LSU had a shot and, and sort of couldn't uh, sustain it. This one, LSU overcame all of those things. And so for they overcame some questionable calls or some calls that maybe if they were right, they felt very, very odd in the moment. Um, but there was other calls that didn't go their way. There was you know a tip ball at the end of the game that uh, would have undone a pass interference. You know, from my vantage point, it looked like it got tipped. Officials said inconclusive evidence it stands. In the past, that's a play that, well, it's over. Write it off, right? But LSU withstood that. And it's a trust. That's the trust that Coach Kelly, his staff, his coaching staff has built with the players. They trust that if they do what they're told to do, they're going to execute it. And at the same time, you mentioned Jaden Daniels. He trusts. He trusts that if I, if I, you know, if the play calls for a five-step drop, sit in the pocket, read my, you know, keys, I'm going to do that because I know that my receivers are going to get open. And if they're not, they're probably going to make a play. I know my line is going to block. And if they don't, I'll probably have an escape route of some kind. There's just been a greater trust developed um, with this team week to week. And it's it's been really impressive. Uh, it's been really impressive to see how Coach Kelly has instilled that from the top down in his program. It's really rare, Cody. I think you would agree that in this modern age of college football, a team that played the way they did week one looked to be disconnected combobulated a little separated if you will to see in a given season. I mean how many times do we say when you win lose one game in a college football season season's over mm -hmm. I mean, you can forget about national titles blah 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 to watch this team the way it's improved I mean you see improvement I, I know I'm biased but it's been amazing to watch the improvement of this team if you had told me Saturday morning that the three leading rushers for LSU were all going to average above five yards per carry against Alabama's defense, I, I would have been happy, but I don't know that I would have believed yeah. you. Uh, and that's indeed what happened with Daniels leading the way. And then defensively, I, I mean, you hold uh, Bryce Young to under 50% completions. His lowest on the year was 60% against Mississippi State. That, that's impressive. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest here and raise my hand for a moment. After that loss to Florida State, I texted some buddies and I said, hey, Seven wins, I'll take it. Right, like I'd, I'd be happy with seven you wins this alone. season because you lose that first game uh, in the way that you lost it, and you kind of looking at the rest of the SEC. You're like, man, it's, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough for them to find a way. Uh, but lo and behold, this team has found a way, and it has been because of that consistent improvement every single week, getting a little bit better, um, fixing two or three things here, two or three things there, not repeating mistakes, being very coachable, buying in. You know, I've given a lot of credit to Coach Kelly and his staff, and that's certainly deserved. The players deserve a lot of credit, mm -hmm. too. Look at someone like Kayshawn Butte as a, as a textbook example of we've seen that script uh, happen before at LSU where you have a star player, things don't go well early, maybe the player gets hurt, maybe the player – doesn't contribute as much. Maybe there's a bad attitude issue. I mean, you haven't just seen that at LSU. You see that at programs and teams across sports, right? Well, Kayshawn had a rough couple of first weeks, a few drops here, some stats that he probably would have liked to have been better, but he stayed with it. 
He kept listening. He was captain two weeks in a row for the offense. He practiced hard. He listened to coaching. He took coaching. And now he's a key player on a, on a top 10 team in the country that's got an inside track for the, the playoffs and, and controls its own destiny. Um, that's a testament. And he's just one example of a number of guys on that roster, whether it's a Jaden, they've taken hard coaching. They've accepted what they're told. They're implementing it. Um, there's a lot of internal leadership there. You mentioned Josh Williams. I mean, just a textbook example of just somebody who um, does everything the right way every single time and is rewarded for it. It's really fun to see. Yeah, again, uh, great job by Josh. Great job on the 30-yard reception to get the first touchdown of the day by John Emery because when he gets the ball in space, it, there's there's really not many better. Um, just to recap, obviously, um, the SEC noticed that LSU played very well. Harold Perkins Jr. was another monster that will keep Nick Saban up for at least a couple of nights. Uh, was a Defensive Player of the Week, Jaden Daniels, back-to-back Offensive Player of the Week. Um, and, of course, we're going to talk about it real quick. Mason Taylor mm. is uh, Freshman of the Week. So congratulations to those guys. Certainly well-deserved. We got to get to Brandon Barrio because we're going to talk about social media and the monster that LSU has. Um, so – we could sit and talk about this game forever, Cody. <laughs> but I got to ask you, we're sitting there, first round overtime. Again, some questionable calls, but uh, Alabama finds the end zone. First play from scrimmage, Daniels with an absolute just blistering set of blocks out on the near side by his teammates, uh, Josh Williams and Keyshawn Booty, by the way. He gets in one play. Yep. And immediately they're going for two. Where were you? And what was your first initial thought when you realized they are going to go for two in the first session of overtime to win this game? All right, so I have witnesses for this. Harrison's sitting right there. He knows what happened. But Dan Gaston was with me, too, on the sideline. We're on the sideline. Uh, we went down with a little more than five minutes left to go in the game. And we're standing right in front of the student section. And so first, the touchdown. You mentioned Josh Williams. You mentioned Kayshawn. I think Brian Thomas Jr. had a big block on yep. that play, too. Just a team team touchdown. Josh Williams, the way he laid out for that block was just incredible. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, so as soon as they scored, I kind of thought, hey, let's go for two here. Like, let's go for the win. Let's send a message that, you know, Brian Kelly didn't come here to, to compete in games against Alabama. He didn't come here to have a chance to win. He came here to, to, to win those games. And so when they, they said they were going for two, I said, I like this. Like, I, I love this. Let's do it. Let's go win this game. I looked at Dan. He said the same thing. Uh, Harrison may have been a little more on the fence. I think Harrison was, <laughs> was holding on for dear life there. Um, but at that point, I sat back and said, all right, let's watch this. And so what I did was I, I held my phone up. I watched the play with my eyes, and I held my phone up like this, if you're watching on gold, and filmed the student section behind me because I knew – if we scored, they were going to go crazy, right? And so I hold up my camera to film, and I didn't notice until after the fact, but I start filming, the play starts, and somebody, I don't know who it was, yells, that's what you get, BK, for going for two, as if we had just lost the game. And then instantly, as soon as he says that, you see the crowd react enjoy and elation and then they all storm the field because we've won the game. Uh, I, I loved the call. I think, you know, if – I'd been sitting here saying the same thing if they hadn't scored. If he'd have dropped the pass, or uh, and Mason Taylor made a great play, Jaden Daniels made a great play. It was a great call. I think it was the same call that Clemson beat Alabama with in the national championship yep, a few years ago. I bet y'all break it down on the radio show this week because that'll be a, a fun one. Um, but I, I just I, if if that hadn't worked out, I'd have been sitting here today saying the same thing. 
I'd have been saying the same thing about the development of this team, the improvement of the team. I'd be a little less happy because we'd have lost the game. But I said that was the right call because you came to LSU to win games, not to be in games or to give it a good competitive fight. You came to win. And I just thought with the crowd there, um, with the moment that it created, yeah, you got you got control of this game. Go win it. Love the call. Love the execution and obviously the aftermath. I got to tell you, this is honest God truth. Um, we got a timeout because Nick called a timeout. It took him a little off guard, I think. Uh, we had to take a station identification, which is something you have to do on the radio. So it gave us 10 seconds to compose ourselves there in the booth. But when Taylor caught the football, I saw him catch it in the right corner, but I did not see him get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. There were people, uh, you know, the chain crew, the officials, and then just fans in general were there. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I hope he scored because oh, I said man. he scored. And had he not, I would have screamed about replay. But it was uh, – man, I tell you, it was something. It was, so. it was a great call, Chris. I went back and watched it, and I thought the same thing. I. Because I couldn't see from where I was. I was on, the, again, that uh, – I guess that would be the west sideline, kind of behind the team. I saw him catch it. From that angle, you have no idea if he's crossed the pylon or not or if he stayed in bounds or what. But I just assumed from the reaction that he did. And I saw your call and kind of thought the same thing. I was like, I don't know if Chris saw it. No. But he called it. I mean, it was a great call and your emotion in it. And the, I mean, it was uh, – for you, I mean, it's got to have been a, a dream game to call. Ooh. I remember your, your 2019 – Florida game that was a really exciting call and game, but this one was had to be different for you. Oh, it's number one. I mean, you, the championship in the dome is that's a whole yeah, another yeah, level for but sure. For a regular, my experience at Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night in Death Valley, that's number one, yep. no question about it. So uh, anyway, it was great. We had a fun time, but obviously, Coach Kelly, no surprise, Monday press conference, he said uh, time to look towards Arkansas. So that's where the Tigers head this week uh, to take on uh, the Razorbacks at 11 a.m. on a chilly morning. Uh, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. All right, so we told you. We're going to talk social media, and it was a monster weekend once again for LSU social media, specifically football. Brandon Barrio is going to be our guest next. We'll have him right up here after this. Welcome back this week on Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate. We told you earlier we were going to talk social media with our special guest this week, and I don't know, Cody. I mean, I I know what his title is. We could talk about all the people, and we're going to talk about all the people. It's a it's a large team that's in charge of social media. But uh, Brandon Barrio is a director of football social as well as branding, which is uh, well, that's a that's a pretty busy job. A lot of things going on. And Brandon, it's good to see you, man. It's uh it's a little different to to see you. In front of the camera, people now know what you look like. It's kind of scary. I don't really like that very much. I was very uh, apprehensive to join today. Well, we're glad we were able to twist your arm and have you join us. And first off, before we talk about everything that goes on on a daily basis, I mean, this weekend, uh, the football game on Saturday, really, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday from a social media standpoint, an absolute LSU avalanche. So congratulations to Coach Kelly, the team, but congratulations, Brandon, to you and your team because LSU was head and shoulders more active and uh, getting more eyeballs than anybody else in college football. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been a crazy three days, four days, but uh, it's really a testament to everyone that, that works on this account. I mean, we've got so many people, so you know, everyone contributed for sure. Brandon, could you give our listeners a little insight into the work that goes into everything up until the moment that send is hit, right? There's so much work, um, whether it's the meetings on Friday, whether it's the 
um, the constant conversations amongst the, the content creators. Yes, I think we're the best in the country. In fact, I know we're the best in the country when it comes to social media, when you just look at the numbers. But there's so much more that goes into it than just throwing up a piece of content and hitting send. Um, could you give our, our, our listeners some insight into what that process looks like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, it's it's quite the process. Um, I think it just takes everyone, right? Like it takes people being where they need to be, where they should be, and just bringing new ideas to the table. Because, you know, like I said earlier, we have such a large group of people that if you're not all on the same page, you won't have success, right? You might, every other couple posts, every other couple weeks, you might get some good content. But if you're not all on the same page, like that makes a huge difference. So, you know, when we go and meet on Fridays, like this past Friday, you were in the meeting, Cody, like it was pretty chill, right? Like that was everyone knew what they had to do. Yeah. We knew where to be, what to do, how to deliver the content so that when we got to Saturday, it was like, just go. And, um, I don't know. That's, we've been around each other for a while now, like our main group, um, Lindsay who does graphics, Matt, uh, who does leads the video team and then Gus, who's our photographer. So I felt like we're just in this groove and we've added some, some key pieces as well. Um, Ryan, who was with Coach Kelly at Notre Dame, Elijah, who's new and does a lot of our recruiting, but we just, I don't know, we're all on the same page, which I think is the biggest part, and I think everyone loves LSU. I mean, there's only, there's very few LSU grads in this, and everyone's just kind of locked in and going forward. You know, one of the things, uh, Brandon, that, that I find fascinating about how you do it, and, 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 it, and you're talking about the number of people that are involved, obviously it takes the planning, which you guys do an excellent job of, but once you're in the heat of the battle, things are flying, boot meets ball, so to speak. I mean, there are so many flows. I mean, I, I just imagine where things are coming from. You got photographs coming here, you got video segments coming here, you got the graphics coming here. I mean, to me, that's what's most amazing is you got a team, you got a number of people that are creating content, and then it's all coming to one center point. And oh, by the way, you happen to be in a press box where I know we like to keep it quiet up there, but it's not when you're in a hundred, two thousand uh, person stadium. So, I mean, how do you guys want? It's one thing to plan, but then when it's actually blocking and tackling time to keep all of those lines of content together, that's 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 got to be the the challenge and probably the exciting part of the job. Yeah, I mean, you can only prepare so much, right? Like, we couldn't prepare for Mason Taylor on Saturday. But we were prepared for winning, right? Our photographers were in the place to be. They knew what they had to do. Um, so, yeah, just the, the whole game day is kind of crazy. Like, you, I wake up in the morning, and I'm, I'm just as excited as everyone else. So I try and, you know, put that to the side and just kind of do my job, right? Like, I'm here to show what a game day is like. And that doesn't even include just everything else going on. Like Andrew Whitworth came to football ops. We had to schedule a photographer to come and shoot him because Coach Kelly was so passionate about him getting, coming to ops. He came early. So that's like my whole morning. You know, like then you get to campus and, you know, driving through but still checking like the photos and the graphics and all these things that it just happens so fast. And I kind of have to check myself like, you know, when something comes in through these – transmits or base camp or videos like it doesn't have to go out then right you can you got a two-hour window to kind of space it out and then all of a sudden it's kickoff and it's like holy crap like did I get everything (laughs) that I was supposed to get out like I don't even know sometimes you know it's not till after the game where I check and I'm like okay yeah that was good that was good or ooh, I missed that you know like there's just so many things coming that it's it's good to you know 
you got a plan, but sometimes it, it gets kind of crazy like it did Saturday. Cody, you know what's amazing is, you know, we've seen it, and we've seen it for years now. I mean, there's a, there's a tweet, there's a graphic, there's a video, whatever goes out, and suddenly within seconds, couple of minutes, you're talking 30,000 views, 70,000 views, six-figure uh, views. I think a lot of people might be fascinated to know, Brandon. In fact, I don't even know the answer to this. You mentioned all of these things coming to you. Somebody has to take a look and say, okay, that's part of the plan. Everything looks good. Everything's ready to go. Boom. Tweet. Are you the guy, are you the guy that says hit the button? I mean, are you the guy in NORAD that says, all right, it's, it's a go. Boom. Yeah, so I sit up in the press box, and, yeah, it ultimately falls on, on me to hit send, to come up with the caption, to come up with whatever we're putting out, which – you know, when you're scoring and you're doing all these things, like it just happens so fast. And um, it's myself and then Ashley, our GA, who, so to backtrack a little bit, um, as y'all know, with like five minutes left, I have to go down the field because my other job responsibility is to be down and help with interviews and listen to Coach Kelly post game. So I have to go down. Um, and so Ashley's the one who handles the last five minutes, which. <laughs> as it turned That's out, a lot of pressure. pressure. Yeah. Yes, yes, I mean, indeed. She's unbelievable, though, because she does she baseball, is. as y'all know. Um, but and we we saw it from the first game against Florida State, where she had never tweeted for football, and it was kind of just like throwing her in the fire. And you know, I'm calling her like, "We got to get this. We got to do this. We got to do this." And she's like, ah, "I don't like. I mean, you can only prepare so much, like until you actually have to do it." Um, and she had never done it before, and so it's kind of cool. Like from now to Alabama, like she was ready to go. Because I don't have self-service on the field. Like, I can barely see what she's tweeting. But she's, you know, she'll send me a caption like, does this work? And I'm like, yeah, like, just just go, right? And so, um, yeah, we're just, we're talking in-game. And um, she, before I go down, she's like, okay, what's the caption for the win? I'm like, oh, God, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and so she, you know, I texted her something, and we had the graphic. But, you know, credit to her because that all that stuff at the end of the game, that's her, and that's – for a GA, that's a lot of pressure. A little insider baseball here. I don't know that our, our audience knows this, but your role has shifted, Brandon, from what it was the last couple seasons. Now, you were hitting send during 2019, and I think everyone thinks of LSU football social media, and they think of 2019 because it was a huge year for LSU football, and uh, we won an SBJ award for, for social media content. But your role has shifted since then. You were on the SID side. Uh, when football was over, you went over to gymnastics. When Coach Kelly came in, we sort of restructured and did things a little bit differently. And so now you're with football 24-7. And I'm curious, two things. One, how that's helped you in your job to be around Coach Kelly more, to get that feedback from not just him, but the assistant coaches, the staff, um, the players. Um, but two, how that sort of affected what goes out and how it's uh, maybe been uh, even better for what we put out on social media. Yeah, that's a good question. I think for the previous five or six years, being across the street is – it was good. Like we had so much success, right? Mm -hmm. But we probably weren't as really good as we could have been, you know, just from a team standpoint, from communication with the staff and the coaches and the players, like that was probably missing. And, and when this opportunity came up, I was still a little apprehensive about it, as you know, um, just because I've been doing the same thing for a while. And I was mm -hmm. like, ah, football building, like it's more pressure, more hours, more, all these things. Like, will I be able to do that? Or do I want to keep doing that? Um, but man, it's been so good. Like coach Kelly is just as probably LSU fans have seen, he's the real deal, right? Like he's very much about communication, about letting people do their job, um, which has been cool. Like we've asked him a lot uh, to do a lot, right? Access 
content, all these different things, following him in his car. I mean, multiple times, like being in his office, like those are things that most coaches are, eh, especially with the new staff, mm-hmm. like, but he's really just let us do what we want. Um, and he's trusted us, which has been really cool, which I think is the biggest word and why we have success is the trust that he has where he can, if he wanted to come in and be like, I like this, I don't like this. But thankfully, knock on wood, we've, we haven't run into that yet. Yeah, and I think that trust is is huge because when you talk about the pressure of hitting send on some of those things, you know, you're juggling so many things at once, not just the action on the game, uh, not just, you know, the the excitement of beating Alabama, for example, but you're also juggling the LSU football brand, Coach Kelly's brand, and making sure that the messages that we send out align. And that's, that's uh, I'm sure that's been a, a a huge challenge for you, but an exciting challenge and opportunity over the last few months is you bring in Coach Kelly, who has his own brand. You have this LSU football brand. Both of them are going to shift. The LSU football brand as it is now is not what it was two, three years ago. Coach Kelly's brand as it is now was not that two, three years ago. Um, So I'm curious how you've sort of approached that. I would imagine a lot of it's organic and just ha- sort of happens over time. But I'll reference a specific tweet. Uh, after we beat Alabama, you did the, the culture fit tweet where, you know, it's the alternate capitalization. And I think he was touching the win bar. And that was sort of poking fun at the, the criticism of, oh, he's not going to be a fit, right? And then Coach Kelly having that trust in you and in our staff to, to push that message out. Um, I got to imagine that over the last six months, that's been a challenge, but exciting too. Yeah, I think from when he got here to now, just being around him, right? Like, I think the the most interesting thing about Coach Kelly for me is that he is very down to earth, mm-hmm. um, very funny, like really, really funny. Yes. Um, really sarcastic. And sometimes I don't think that translates through the TV. Like you see him in press conferences, he's joking around. People are like, wow, he's just being, sar-, you know, he's just being rude or whatever. And I'm like, I think that's just, he's funny, Yeah, you know, like he's sarcastic and he likes poking fun. And so when I first started uh, with him, it was kind of like, kind of just toeing the line a little bit, you know, like, (laughs) I don't really know if this is who he is, but like, as we've gone, it's like, this is who he is. And I think it's, it really meshes well with what LSU football is. We're a little edgy. We like to have fun, uh, but we know like we're here to win. Right. So uh, we did. Uh, some background we did a brand discovery um, we met with coaches and some um, staff members internally with football and over at, and athletics and kind of really took a step back and so, like what is LSU football what is coach Kelly um, and it was incredible to kind of put words on paper of what LSU football is and when we met with coach Kelly and his chief of staff Beth um, the biggest thing the biggest line and Cody wrote this whole brand brand narrative and it was uh, structure and swagger so coach Kelly's structure and what he wants to do with the swagger of LSU football and I think he has that he's seen his press conference he has that swagger it's different from what Louisiana swagger or his player swagger but he has he has some swagger. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's one of the things I think that has been fun watching this through this first season with him is exactly what you said, which is, I mean, he's got such a system. The structure is there. They follow the structure every day, but it doesn't mean you can't have fun. And, you know, I have a blast with him on Thursday. I mean, he makes jokes all the time. And it's <laughs> interesting because, as you put it, maybe a little different um, than, than maybe the way South Louisiana uh, has it, but now I think people are starting to figure out. Oh, okay, he's not being aloof and he's not dismissive. He's actually trying to have some fun because he knows he's put the work in. He knows the team has put the work in. Had somebody, Cody, uh, I think on Friday, mentioned to me. They said, 
have you been around coach this week? I said, well, I saw his press conference, I visited with him on Thursday. And they go, he just seems like he's not, like, it's not the Alabama game. And I was like, that's, then you should be happy that that's the way it is. Yep. Because I thought he did a great job last week. I think social captured it. That it was, hey, we, we know what the history is. We know how big this game is. But it is a game where we got to go play. And it's one of the jokes he uses all the time, which is when I'll give him a stat about an opposing team. He's like, okay, great. I don't know why we're playing. Then why are we showing up? These guys are fantastic. Yeah. So, um, again, I think social has captured that in so many you know, great ways uh, this season. And hopefully, I'm, I'm sure, much more. Brandon Barry, our guest this week on Play by Play. And, Brandon, before you guys talk some of the, the real analytics, which is I, I think I think – our fans, uh, Tiger fans, would be interested to know uh, how you guys can break this down, where it's going, and who's who's consuming it. Um, you ever get nervous? I mean, like <laughs> things are going third quarter, fourth quarter before you go downstairs, and you got your finger on the mouse or on the laptop, and you got to hit tweet. I mean, I would almost be a nervous wreck every time I had to tweet something out to make sure it was right and everything was where it needed to be. Yeah, I probably get in trouble too much because I just usually just type and go. And then it's like 10 minutes like later. It. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I like I, it. You know, I completely missed that spelling error, you know, completely put the wrong person's name or, you know, people on Instagram, I'm sure if they're listening, have seen where I've <laughs> completely just typed and fat fingers and they're like oh my gosh that's wrong i'm like guys <laughs> yeah, there's a person behind the account yeah, like right. it's really not that big of a deal well, sorry cody it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> you know like we're not perfect right like so i think it's been yeah there's so much like anxiety oh, I, I would say because i would it's be like, paralyzed by analysis on I, I don't know somebody would have probably have to physically push my hand down every time oh it's yeah sometimes i'm like oh my gosh this is this is too much but it's i don't know it's just exciting like I said I'm a huge LSU fan have always been so when you're in the moment it's like wow you know and Saturday was like I've seen this LSU Bama you know I've I've been in the last since 2012 I've been to every game I've been on the field I've seen this story and it was like just the anxiety of like holy crap like are we gonna are we gonna do are it we gonna do this? you know <laughs> and it, I told someone I was like it was a combination of it felt like 2012 2014 and 2016 all into one game but yeah. we were fortunate to come out all right, I want to let you guys take us on how the sausage is made. I was talking about the analytics because I know you guys study it over and over and over again. Two things. Some of the big analytics you guys look at, and then secondly, how does that translate? What does that mean to the fan? What does it mean for our program to have those type numbers? Yeah, I'll answer it first because I think the relationship is probably a little bit like in football. Um, like you have a coach that's looking at – the data every week, right? And like looking for tendencies and, and all that stuff. And then you have a, a quarterback, right? That's uh, probably just trying to execute, right? You tell me if I'm wrong, but I think Brandon, I try not to put too much on his plate with the analytics side. We give him the, the tools that he needs to maybe if he wants to zoom in on something particular, we can see impressions, right? We can see how many eyeballs have seen a piece of content. We can see, hey, what time of day is a post typically going to do better you'd be shocked to know that saturday night is really when our content does the best it's pretty uh pretty shocking to to find that out so some of it is helpful some of it is just nice and we can go on twitter on on sunday and brag that we've had double the impressions of any other college football program in the country on the weekend but i think for me it's more about looking when you look at analytics looking at what everyone else is doing look at what we're doing what can we do a little bit better what can we do a little bit different what can we uh tweak a little bit and then at the same time, like we're LSU and we kind of do our own thing. And uh, Brandon, you know, he, he deserves a lot of credit and his team deserves a lot of credit for, for really building out this social media media juggernaut that LSU football is across all platforms. Um, because I think it has been 
the authenticity of it, to use a word that I love to use. And, and I, that's why I think what I like about Brandon is, you know, you said you'd be, you know, paralysis by analysis before you send. Brandon's got a good gut and a good instinct. And so at that point, I'll give him some numbers and he'll certainly look at some numbers and you can talk about how numbers influence your work. But we just trust him to know the history of the program, the tone of the program, what our fans want to hear, what represents our coaches and our, our uh, administrators the best, uh, and then let it fly. And that's where I think the LSU brand is so powerful is that we don't want student athletes to come in and just be one of a uniform army, right? We want them to come in and be distinct. We want them to have that swagger. And Coach Kelly's done a great job of bringing in the structure. And he talked about being transformed by the culture. And I think that's where you're seeing, you know, his structure mis- mixed with the swagger that's been here on the field. But that's that's on social too. Um, and, and really, I think just the most strategic thing was Brandon being in the building, uh, knowing the team, knowing the coaches, um, knowing all the content creators. He's such a valuable liaison for us to speak to um, to, to football, to run things through, but football can speak to him and run through us and, and keep us connected. And I think that's where we get the structure. So we've had the swagger before, and now we've got the structure in place. I don't even know how much you're actually using the analytics. I know you probably look at it every now and then, but it's, it's kind of like the, the quarterback analogy. Just, yeah. hey, here's the playbook, just go. Well, think, which analytics do you – I mean, which ones to you are the ones you're paying attention to? So I usually like to look like the top post. So across Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, um, that's what I look at. Like, at this point – I'm doing it for, I mean, six years now. It's kind of like if we win, we're going to have high numbers, right? Um, So on the back end, it's kind of just more like satisfying, like, wow, that was a good post, right? Like when I look at analytics, nothing is really going to change my decision-making in terms of what I post. I think it's more of the frequency. So like if we look at the numbers from this week, which I did this morning, it was like we have – 50, 60 more posts than the next closest account. So that kind of, you know, <coughs> makes the numbers look different in terms of total engagements because you have more posts, you're going to have more engagement, right? And then I look at a breakdown of like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, like it's pretty consistent on the Twitter and Instagram, which is where our recruits are and where you're going to get the, the biggest magnitude. So I don't want to get too caught up in, okay, well, we have 60 more posts, right? Like, but what is what does that mean? You know, like that means, well, we posted more on Facebook than probably most any other school does but we have an audience on Facebook that other people, I guess, just don't care about. But right. why wouldn't we, right? That's yeah. some of our most engaging people are on Facebook. Um, so, yeah, like I said, in terms of analytics, yeah, they're probably not the most it – do, it is what it is. Uh, but for me, it's more on the back end, like, man, that did 100,000 likes on Instagram. Like, 100,000 likes is a benchmark, yeah. right? Like, prior to 2019, that is – we never had that. No one in college football has that on a consistent basis. But when we posted the picture of the field storm and it said, this is home, that's 100,000 likes. Yep. And that's not because of me. That's because our photographer, Gus, had a meeting with his students and said, hey, you're going to um, – Jacob, you're going to be in the stands for a post game when we rush the field. Yeah. Right? And that's where the planning is so important. And for me, analytics is actually usually it's the other way around. We look at what doesn't work. We're like, all right, stop. Let's stop doing that. And for football, there's not much. And we kind of know a lot of it's intuition, but a lot of it we can now support with data. And it becomes a useful tool for decision making when we're making bigger decisions. Hey, this is actually the stuff that's not working. So let's do less of that. Um, But this is the stuff that is working. Let's do more of that. But what you just mentioned there about Jacob being in position to take that picture and Gus getting everyone in position and Matt getting everyone in position. I wanted to ask you about that. You actually can plan because there's so much that you can't there's so much that's instinct and reaction um 
and, and, and being in the moment and capitalizing on the moment. But to capitalize on the moment, you have to be in position to capitalize on the moment. So would you just inform our listeners about every element of that, the, all the preparation that goes into the photographers and the videographers and the graphic design and all those elements that come together so that we can get 150 million impressions on social media in a weekend? Yeah, I was thinking about that last night, like, Lindsay, who does our graphic design, has someone who works with her and Eli. Gus has a group of 10 students, plus our other full-time photographer, Chris Parent. And then Matt has an army of people that do video. And I think they are so vital in the success because without their leadership, their people wouldn't be prepared without a plan. And so we talk literally 24-7 about social media, about the week, about things to do. Like our brains are, it's good and bad, right? Like it's the bye week last week and I'm texting Matt. I'm like, okay, you don't have to respond, but I just thought about this for next week if we beat Alabama. You know, like that's how we're thinking ahead and we're being prepared so that when Sunday rolls around, we have a minute video of Stephen A. Smith after Tennessee <laughs> I love saying, that video. Yeah, it was great. what's wrong with LSU? The administration hates them. The town hates them. I'm like, what? What are we That's doing? What, I know. It's like, amazing. it's just, I mean, crazy. So, but yeah, I mean, they, they've been, they've, we've evolved so much and like the maturity, we're all less than 30 years old. Like, I think that's cool, like that we're just young and social media used to be this thing that you would, when I started as a student, it was like, oh yeah, just give it to Brandon because he's young. And it's like to see where we've evolved in the last 10 years and we're, I mean, it's just really cool to see. And like Gus meeting with his students on Wednesday and Matt meeting with the video staff on Friday, like I don't know, Friday I was kind of like, do we really need to meet? It is Alabama, but do we really need to meet? But we get in the room and it's like, man, we didn't really talk about much, like I said earlier, but it's like, you have the confidence that we're going to handle everything we need to handle, and we did. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, I'm sure there was something we missed. Nah, but be hard pressed. I don't. We know, were, I don't know what you missed. We got into the locker room. Just a quick story. We got into the locker room on after the game, and I'm so superstitious, and just that game gave me so much anxiety that I didn't talk to anybody on the field. I didn't want to say like, if we win, like whatever. I had to kind of trust or just pray that everyone was doing their job. So we got in the locker room. I was like, guys. Was, and I saw two of the students. I was like, did anyone go up in the stands to get the pictures? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're good. I'm like, holy crap. Like, yeah. if we would have missed that moment because of my superstitions, I would have been like, wow, that's embarrassing. But <laughs> thankfully, we have the structure and the planning in place, and everyone did their job. Yeah, and, and it's, it goes from their group to the student level, too. You, you mentioned Jacob, and there's a great photo from the game of Shaq. John Emery going in yep. for the first touchdown and Shaq pointing to the end zone. And one, having the photographer with the ability, the equipment, the experience as a student to capture that photo. And then the ability to live transmit that photo is that we can, and Harrison's pulled it up on the, uh, on the display there, as you can see now, if you're watching on gold, you can, um, you can see Shaq there in the background. You've got a student there in position. You've got the ability to live transmit the photo so the student takes the picture, uh, uploads it uh, immediately to a folder that Brandon can access. And then Jacob texted Brandon, if I'm correct here, and said, hey, look at Shaq in the photo. 
because I don't know if Brandon would have noticed it or not, because he's getting, as you mentioned, videos posted on Basecamp, which is where we uh, manage a lot of our projects, photos directly into Photo Shelter, where we get a lot of our photos, a million data points coming in. Oh, hey, by the way, there's a football game going on at the same time. He's got to get this score graphic updated, right? There's a million things happening, but Jacob goes out of his way to not only take a great picture, but to show Brandon, hey, Shaq's in the background. This will probably do well. It posts, and I would imagine it was one of our best posts of the weekend. No doubt. And Another interesting part of that is that the angle that Jacob was at. So Jacob was on the Alabama sideline shooting toward the bench, which in the past we've never done. But a couple of games ago, Gus was like, hey, I want someone on the other sideline because to capture a different angle. So like if we get a sack, we're shooting this way, so we're not able to see a celebration. So Gus put his students in a place to succeed and capture these incredible moments by being on the opposite end with the Alabama cheerleaders and the Alabama sideline, like we don't capture that without planning. And that's, I think the biggest thing is like, we were, we were prepared for the moment in terms of all these like little things. Yep. And like, we've seen, we've been a part of big games, right? But like, we've challenged, we've done new things. And like last week or for the bye week um, we sat down and we, we analyzed what the year had been. We spent like two and a half hours just talking about what we would want to do and credit to Lindsay. Lindsay was the one who, uh, our designer, who was like, we need to get together and just talk about it because if we don't talk about it now, we're not going to remember it for next year. And so we like really sat down, we looked at the numbers, we looked at different things. Um, and it just a credit to like never wanting to be complacent. And I think that's my biggest thing with the people that we have is that we all challenge each other. Like in a year, we don't want to be like, dang, we did really good stuff last year. Like, no, we, we want to be the best every single year. And some of that is, you know, if the team is good, you're going to, you're going to do really good stuff. But just being prepared is my biggest thing is that we, our team will be prepared for the moment every single time. And that's a credit to the people that we have. It's been said many times. I mean, uh, that, uh, you know, to get lucky, you got to be at the corner of opportunity and preparedness. And there's no doubt about it that the LSU football and all social media is always doing that, being prepared. And, you know, we hear Coach Kelly talk about it all the time. Do you want to be good? Do you want to be elite? So it's good to know our football team's headed in that direction. And social media at LSU is uh, already there. So, uh, Brandon, again, it's it's great to get a little insight. I got a question. I, I, this may only matter to the old guy in the room. <laughs> but obviously – with the analytics, I imagine you can find out some geographic information. Yeah. Obviously, Louisiana, South Louisiana, probably going to be a hotbed for all the consumption of content. Are there any other places in the country that, and I know it, it differs based on what you put out, but are there some places that you look and go, wow, look at the concentration in this place, uh, whether it be in the United States or across the country? I mean, do you guys ever see that and something stand out? Yeah, I mean, for me, like Texas very obviously is – a big one, the Houston area. Um, when you have a big game like Alabama, what you see is that it spreads out a lot more too. And that's where the ability for that um, – I think what's powerful about what Brandon and, and our team and, and our brand does is it appeals to a lot of places. Of course, Louisiana is going to be the most engaged place, right? But you're going to see high engagement in Los Angeles. You're going to see high engagement in New York. I saw Philadelphia recently when I was looking at something else, and I haven't looked at this weekend's game. But when you have a nationally broadcast game, you're going to get a lot of eyeballs from across the country, and you're going to get engagement from people, um, especially when you put out something different, distinct, unexpected. So the post game, our, our most engaged content is usually always like, or it ranks up there as our 
final score graphics. And the one um, this week that I believe Eli did this one, um, what was the th- – remind me of the text again. It was – It was just contenders. Contenders. And it referenced, again, mm-hmm. Coach Kelly's – and Harrison's got it pulled up there. First of all, incredible photo. Um, Shout out, Gus. With Gus Stark taking that picture. The copy coming from Coach Kelly's uh, quote after the Ole Miss game, October is for pretenders, November is for contenders. You know, if some football fan or some sports fan in North Carolina sees that, they're probably going to like it because there's a lot more to like about that graphic than LSU scored more points in Alabama. There's a whole message being sent there that you, what you really want is you want the audience to see it and feel compelled by it, feel something by it. And so there's just – I mean, there's a, a ton of people planning that goes into it. Um, but when you have something like that, yes, of course, every LSU fan that sees that is going to smash the like button. But some 15-year-old kid – in New Mexico that might have an interest in playing football one day is going to see it. And he might like it because, hey, that's got some swagger to it. And, hey, that's got – that's cool. Like, Harold Perkins is – he had a great game. I like that guy. I like watching him play. That's where you're going to get that broader uh, geographic. So, I'll, I'll give myself some homework. I'll look at this weekend and see geographically All where right. it hit. But, we'll, I mean, Texas is obviously huge. Uh, anywhere, Louisiana, anywhere around us, anywhere we have big alumni bases, Atlanta, um, Dallas – um, but, yeah, you'll see the New Yorks, the Philadelphias, the Los Angeles, and that's where you kind of start getting ideas on, on things you can do. And you just realize this fan base is, is everywhere. It's worldwide. Well, I know this. I mean, somebody who uses words for a living, I mean, I like the tweet simply for a number of reasons. But I like that, remember the 5th of November, mm. contender. See how that kind of – Yeah, that was – The alliteration really once works. Once again, Ryan – so Ryan, who was, like I said, with Coach Kelly at Notre Dame, he's one of the video guys. Uh, he does a internal motivational every week. And um, that was a line from the video. He was like, oh, November 5th. This was like two weeks ago. He's like, we play Alabama on November 5th. There's like a line in a movie. Yep. And that was in it. And so that's just been – I feel like I just have words in my head sometimes, And but it's because everyone has just ideas, and it's kind of like filtering out like whatever. And so the headline for the graphic, Eli, you know, every week is like, okay, what's going to be the headline? And I'm like, oof. You know, <laughs> last week for Ole Miss, we kinda, got a little – cocky if you saw it um set it off set it off um but this week it was like you know what it's alabama and what coach kelly said last week was like it's another game right we can't make it bigger than it Mm -hmm. is or has been and so i felt like the headline should reflect that right so just contenders right plain and simple um because there's still three more games hopefully four five six more games um to go all right. Well, Brandon, if you've got all these words in your head and Kent can't go uh, to the show again, you can sit in. Cody's got plenty to do. I'm much better not at typing the words. No, uh, you can come in here and talk. Get all talking. those words out that you want. <laughs> but again, Brandon, thanks uh, to you and your team, man. You do a tremendous job, and, and everybody enjoys it. And, and you, know, it's, it, it, you know you're doing a great job when people are waiting for what's coming next and what's coming out today, what's going to come out Friday. I mean, that's – that's when you know you guys are, are knocking it out of the park. So uh, I appreciate you taking time to come and visit with us and talk a little bit about uh, behind the scenes uh, and keep up uh, the great work. Maybe we'll, again, you can come in and sit in for Kent one day. Hmm. I appreciate it. And just once again, a credit to the team. Like we would not be in this position without them and the, the investment by our administration and Coach Kelly and the whole staff like that. The access is the biggest thing, yeah, right? No you question. can't, if you don't have access, you're, you're, there but if you have the access and you use it to your advantage like you sky's the limit i love it 
Big team, little me. Brandon Barry who have been our guest. He's in charge of football, social, and branding. And, uh, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Cody, you did an excellent job. In Thank you. place of, of Kent. Big uh, we'll, shoes to fill, but I did my I know best. It's, it's basketball season. We'll see if we can get Kent back over here, you know, at some point, uh, you know, before next yeah, summer. He, you know, he's had some demands about his pay. Um, that's re- I think he's holding out. Oh, is that what we're doing? Contract might, negotiations? Yeah, he might be on uh, a strike, so we might have to uh, – Talk to his agent and see if we can get a better figure for yeah, him. Yeah, well, see, I'm easy. See, yeah, no, no issue. You just said show up. Not to plan any up. ideas in your head. Yeah, just yeah. get him a no. sweet tea and he'll be fine. Okay. There you go. <laughs> That's, That's a good idea. All right, we thank you all for joining us again this week, and uh, we'll be back next week for Brandon Barrio, Cody Warsham. This is Chris Blair. So long, everybody. Go Tigers. <laughs>